So, what does it take to launch and run an Amada Senior Care franchise? Well, find out on another episode of We Are Amada. I'm Marcos Mora. Welcome to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of We Are Amada. Thank you so much for joining us for one more episode. And this is probably the most special episode we've had before. I always say that, but I really do believe that this is the best one. You've actually tuned into the best one. And here's why. A lot of people sacrifice a lot to start a business, to immigrate somewhere, to marry somebody, to chase a dream or whatever they want to do. And I believe Kevin Fair did exactly that. I think Kevin has the record for the longest migration to start an Amada Senior Care. And I'm so excited to have him here on the show with us. Kevin Fair is our franchise partner in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, he and his wife, Kelly, have created an amazing business. Amada is known all throughout greater Nashville as one of the best home care companies around. So Kevin, thank you so much. We're so proud of having you on the show. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Marcos, my honor to be here, buddy. Uh, Glad to help out. Okay, so I talked about the migration you had to do. I remember speaking to you, and I don't remember the year. What what year did we start talking to each other when you found Amada? We started in 2014. So 2014. Wow, 2014, really? That is correct. Yeah, we are in our ninth year of business here in, in Middle Tennessee. That's unbelievable. Okay, so... As I, and I, I'm, the, the, the memory's foggy, but as I recall, you were not in Nashville and you were in either Maryland or Virginia. Where were you? Yeah, I was actually a, a, a senior director at Merck. Um, I was living in the Commonwealth of Virginia when I decided that senior care was the right fit for me and I wanted to pursue Amada. I uh, did my due diligence, um, contacted you guys, contacted a couple other agency franchises as well. Uh, felt like Amada was the right fit for me and my family and then called you all back and then come to find out uh, the, the geography that I was living in you literally sold it to another franchise owner like literally a few days before. Yeah. Needless to say, the 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 timing didn't necessarily work out. And then my wife and I, you know, we thought about it. And, uh, you know, I kind of said personally, she made a lot of sacrifices in my career in the pharmaceutical world. I, uh, I spent... I guess 16 years, um, you know, with Merck and Pfizer. And uh, through those years, I got promoted a lot. And when you get promoted, you, you move. And she always, you know, moved with, with and said, hey, I'm all in. So I finally said to her, I said, hey, I said, where do you want to live? Like, you know, let's let's see if we can figure this out. And her dad happened to live in Cookville, Tennessee, which is about an hour, hour, 15 minutes uh, from Nashville. And we said, all right, well, let's let's look at Tennessee. And one thing led to another. I called you guys back and it just so happened that uh, I guess Nashville would have been defined nine years ago as an emerging market. And, and I believe Amada was prioritizing, you know, fitting that that role. And uh, I said, no problem, man, I'll, I'll move. And long and short of it, that's what we did. And the, the Kelly wasn't raised in, in the Nashville area, was she? 
No, we both were raised in uh, Philadelphia, Phil- the Philadelphia suburbs. So you make this big move and you, you're going to a market where you have absolutely no relationships. You have some family from Kelly's side, but did you know anyone in Nashville? I literally knew nobody. <laughs> and, you know, as a, you know, so the entrepreneurial mindset, right? I, I didn't know, I didn't know what I was getting into, right? I mean, I knew, hey, I, I like seniors. I want to, I want to take care of them. And that, that's about all I knew, right? So we, you know, uh, it was me in a little office with a with a laptop, and um, you know, no employees, nothing. And I just said, you know, from sun up to sundown, I am going to go to every networking event. Every, um, you know, I was scouring the internet for anything not only necessarily involved with senior care, but just anything like the Chamber of Commerce and, you know, just getting plugged in. And I just went out and felt like a politician, right? I was shaking hands, kissing babies, getting to know people. And um, yeah, fast forward nine years, uh, it was a, a, a pretty good gamble. Man, that's I, I hear so many times people call and they say, "Well, I live in you know, I know Wichita or anywhere in the country," and they say, "But I have no relationships. I don't know anybody from a hospital. I don't know any doctors. I don't know any caregivers. I don't know anybody. So how the heck am I going to start?" And here you are with zero relationship, truly. But but I hear from a lot of our friendship partners that it's not about the relationships you have; it's about the relationships that you're going to create. The, and and I'm assuming that's what you found is being that politician and going out and visiting with referral sources, not just referral sources, but just getting in the community. That was the way to start the business. Yes, and I I think we scaled very quickly, um, and there are some downsides to that. But you know we we did scale very quickly. I became very involved in our chamber of commerce and in 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 our Rutherford County Chamber, they're called diplomats. And you can apply, go through an interview process to be a diplomat. And diplomats are folks who are community centric. You know, we uh, attend ribbon cuttings, we welcome new businesses. And uh, I've been a diplomat for the past six years. Um, Just absolutely loved it. I invested my money for Amada to join the Chamber of Commerce, and we've been in the Chamber. I think you have to be in the Chamber for two years as a business to become a diplomat. So we've been you know, actively involved in the community, and I think that is critical. And then a lot of opportunities open. So within the Chamber, we have a healthcare council, of which I attended from day one. And right as COVID started in 2020, uh, the chair stepped down, and I was asked to chair that healthcare council, which which was a great honor. Um, and thus I've been doing that since, you know, 2020. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, I can call the CEO of our hospital. I have his cell phone. He has mine. He's on my chamber. You know, he's on my uh, uh, council that I chair. Um, the relationships that we've built, I think is critical in any business sector. Um, and I think leveraging yourself out in the community uh, is is the fastest way to do that. So do you feel that your career at Merck and Pfizer and your healthcare experience prepared you for running your business? And I, and I know that that may be a simple yes, but do you feel that that made a, a special difference to somebody who maybe spent their life at Best Buy or at IBM or I don't know, any any other sectors? 
Was there was there something special about your career when you got into the home care side? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And I think the way that I'll answer that is, you know, my wife and I run this company together. So I am responsible. My, I guess my designation is I'm the president, okay, of the organization. Kelly is our, our chief operating officer, okay? So what does that mean? I am responsible for business development, okay? And as Kelly would say, you are the face of Amada. And that's why I'm always out in the community, always out doing my thing, getting referrals all the time from just contacts, right? Kelly runs the operations. Now, I, you know, Marcus, you, you know me. I'm not an operations guy. I don't even know what our software is. That we, I mean, no, I do know, but, you know, it's like I'm not involved with that, right? Um, my wife hired an amazing staff, which we have tremendous longevity with our employees here because we've built a culture to treat our people right, um, which is a, a big thing for us. Culture at Amada Nashville is huge for us. And thus in turn, we have built a system where I will get a lead, I will follow up on the lead, I go out and sign up every one of our clients. Okay, and currently we probably have a hundred clients or so on right now. And it's critically important for me to be the face of my business to meet every family. And sometimes that means I'm working 12, 14 hour days. Sometimes I'll go two days without making a uh, meeting a family. But that's kind of the, the trade off um, where I didn't want to, um, you know, I wanted that responsibility. So the short answer is yes, of course, my experience in healthcare, I was able to leverage. Um, and I had, I held leadership roles at Merck that prepared me to do what I'm doing now. But again, I didn't have any, I didn't have any operations experience. And that's where Kelly just kind of picked it up and she's very intelligent and, you know, was, was able to put things together rather quickly. And Kelly, while you were in pharmaceutical and med device, Kelly had her own business and had, had operated her own business for quite a while, hadn't she? She did. She did. She uh, is a, a, a jewelry designer. She has a, a master's in CAD design. And um, her niece is was born blind. And uh, Kelly kind of built some proprietary uh, pieces of jewelry that were uh, scripted in Braille, um, you know, with, with traditional things like faith, love, hope, you know, et cetera. But for blind or visually impaired people, they could use their their braille sense and they could they could read that and and she operated that business out of our house and of course she got manufacturing uh, you know distribution and stuff like that but um she was running that out of our house while i was you know saying hey i want to start a home care company and she's <laughs> like oh boy well we're gonna need some money you know so uh and that's that's what we did and then uh, you know i think after we opened our doors at amada in uh, the beginning of 2015, she held on a couple months, but then uh, kind of dissolved that business and 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 sold off some of the uh, you know technology and whatnot. And then she was full time with Amada. I was just on the phone with Rob Story, and Rob does not have a uh, med device background, a pharmaceutical background. He came from CVS. He's our franchise partner, as you know, Northwest Indiana. And he told me how hard life was at CVS. Just loved the, the organization, but just corporate America, the grind of it. He didn't feel good about it anymore. And then I asked him, well, okay, well, how was your first year of Amada? And he goes, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. 
And so he says, you know, because it's funny because a lot of guys think that they're going to leave corporate America because they hate their boss, they're traveling too much, or it's too hard, or they just don't feel fulfilled. And we always try to tell everybody that it's going to be very hard when you start the business. And, I, and Rob was saying at the same time, I remember that first year, he calls it the sleepless years. Like I didn't sleep for a year. Uh, right. He said I, I, he had to take some shifts where he was there like in the middle of the night. It was really hard, but he also said that it was the most rewarding because it was his. So, and I just had a conversation with him and I was thinking about you guys. I know that it was also very hard, but can you talk about how hard was it, right? I mean, you, you're in corporate America, you have this desire to have your own business and then it's harder. Why do it? Why just stay at a corporate America, stay in the womb, stay in the place where they provide and, and you don't, you know, and, and it might be hard to have a bad boss, but you don't have all the issues of being a self-employed business owner. I don't know. I mean, why do it? Yeah. So it goes back to my personal experience was I matured very quickly in the pharmaceutical world. I came right out of medical. I went to medical school for a year. I found out that wasn't the right fit for me. I chose to, to withdraw and walk away from that. And I jumped right into pharma. And as a result of that, I, I forget, I became one of the youngest district sales managers, one of the youngest this, that, you know, so my, my maturation was accelerated. And while that's great and you're making really good money, and you have a, a pretty good quality of life. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's not a bad gig. What I found was I had ideas and vision that the bandwidth that I was managing in my company, I couldn't execute on, okay? Because there is a significant chain of command. There are significant medical legal issues. There are, so you had to follow the script that marketing gave you to promote your medicines. And, you know, I understand the why behind that, but I also was very frustrated that there was not flexibility uh, for my team or my departments to kind of flex their muscles and do things their way. So as a young leader, I got, uh, I guess I got a little discouraged. And I just, I thought to myself, if I own my own company, right? I'm taking the inherent risks. So when the company does great, I can look out the window and look at my team and the, the team that we built. If the company does horrible, I can look in the mirror and say, you're the dude leading this. Okay. So I wanted that accountability. I wanted that high stakes, if you will. And that's the inevitable risk that people take. I have plenty of friends from the pharmaceutical industry that when I left, they said, bro, you're crazy. You know, you're, you're bankrolling good money. You got a great quality of life and you're going to put this all on the line. And I said, yeah, cause I believe in myself. And it's funny how six, five or six years later, when we reconnect, they're saying, dude, <laughs> you did the right thing. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know, but just like Rob Echo, that first year, yeah, it's scary, man, you know, because you know, I'm a department head at Merck. I was heading up our sales training organization. And, you know, I have I have a secretary. I have a budget for ordering paper and supplies. And you don't even think about that stuff. You know, you just order it for your department. Well, when you're a business owner, it's like every paperclip, you have to buy it, you know? And so I would walk around in my office and I'd be like... Uh, you know, I'd see my schedule. I'm like, do we really need to print out all this stuff? You know, because I'm like, hey, that's my ink. That's my paper, you know. But then, you know, you get over that period. And then, you know, 
systems start to flow and it becomes it becomes okay. But yeah, that first year, yeah, it's a little rough. So in speaking about rough, we've gone through COVID and that was a giant mess worldwide. And it was actually good for our business. But after that, as Biden checks started rolling out and uh, people stopped working, there was a global issue with hiring people. And I see now nationally that those numbers are improving. But talk about that. What was it like going through COVID and having having to potentially work harder to find caregivers? And, and how are things now with being able to find enough people to fill the job? Yeah, uh, now things are great. Things are great as we sit here on, you know, June 22nd. 2013, uh, we were, and of course, AFI, we were acknowledged nationally as a, a great place to work. However, I want to give a little shout out to my staff. So the, the large newspaper in Nashville, it's called the Tennessean. And the Tennessean each year runs a very similar uh, approach, a great place to work, you know. And when you earn that designation, it's a local pat on the back. And thus, I got my team together and we said, hey, we're going to apply for this. We're going to go through. We're going to do it. We went through the process and uh, the head of the Tennessean called me and said, I want to congratulate you. Your scores for Amada Nashville were the highest by far of any healthcare company. And so obviously we earned the designation. We were, uh, uh, you know, treated to a, uh, you know, an award ceremony, all that fun stuff. But that goes to what I said earlier about building a culture. So if you hire people the right way, okay, which many of us do, a lot of people, it tails off, right? You hire them and you're like, okay, now they're in the system. Now what? Now they become a number. Now they become, you know. I have people in my office that I pay salaries to that their sole job is caregiver relations, right? So we are constantly nurturing our employees and it's local knowledge that Amada is the place to work in our geography. And all the caregivers know that. I think we probably pay the most, uh, thus in turn, I charge the most as a, as a you know, to my clients. But home care is not a commodities market. You get what you pay for. And uh, caregivers want to work for us. Okay. So that's, that's today. But going back to COVID, yeah, it was, it was an absolute nightmare. You know, I had to put clients on literally like a two-week wait, waiting list. And, and many people need the help right now, you know. So what did we do? I, I was a caregiver. I was probably working 20, 30 hours a week in scrubs being a caregiver. My wife was, my scheduler was, you know, like when you're faced with unknowns, you have, and as a, as a business leader, you have to be able to make those sacrifices. And it was tough and people weren't working, but we got through it. And I think as a result of that, okay, we're starting our care tomorrow. So you know, based on the geography, we can have a 24-hour turnaround, not a two-week wait list type of thing. 
Speaking of the caregivers and your ability to hire caregivers and having that name, I want to have uh, folks listening have the impressed upon them the value of that caregiver. So many people, when I'm talking to them about Amada, they think, you know, do I have what it takes? Can I find the right clients? Will I be able to go to referral sources? And a lot of times we're stopping them and saying, okay, wait, 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 you understand. This is all about the caregivers. Your net worth, your value, uh, what your company will become is is about that care those caregivers. And I think a lot of times people go, oh, that's right. We got to talk about the hearts. We got to talk about our values. And okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. But I think it really is a business principle. Can you? And you guys have done an amazing job. You and Kelly have done an amazing job of of creating that culture. Can you impress upon a listener how important that is, and and what a what the business proposition is of taking care of your caregivers? Yes, and I have seen it in my nine years in this geography. When we started, there were two companies that were uh, massive, right? They had 100 clients, they had 120 caregivers. You know, they were, they were killing it. And I got to know the owners really well. And, you know, as I do with all people, you know, everybody in our, in our business sector, uh, I, I get to know the owners. It, I think it's an important aspect of showing credibility. And I picked up on something very quickly in the fact that they turned senior care and the core of what we do, right? And Amada is anchored and principled in core values. And if you ask Chad, Chad will say, oh, Kevin Fair is all about the core values, and I am, okay? And I saw that the owners of these large companies were straying from that, and it became a numbers game. It became a game of how many clients can I sign up? I don't care if the caregiver is good. Just, you know, stick somebody in there, you know, whatever. And what eventually happens over time, your quality starts to erode. And we, we picked up on that. We have a training center at our office in Murfreesboro, okay? We have Hoyer lifts, hospital beds, gate belts, wheelchairs, you know. And I have a, a sign hanging in our training center. And it says, train people well enough so they can leave, dot, dot, dot. Treat people well enough that they don't want to. And that was the principle that we took where we said, we are going to develop people. Okay, in my office now, I have three full-time salaried employees with paid time off that were caregivers making 10 bucks an hour back in the day. And now they're, they, one was able to buy a house, one was able to you know, get a car. Wonderful success stories because we saw the potential in these folks and we developed them. So anybody who wants to go into senior care thinking that, oh, caregivers, Caregivers are the most important piece of building a successful company because they're your brand going into somebody's home. They're representing you. And if you don't do a good job and if you get caught up in the numbers game, your quality is going to suffer. And as a result, your business is going to suffer. So the two companies that I spoke about when we first started, we are we have absolutely decimated those companies in our geography wow that's incredible so they do they still exist so that they kind of still there or are they gone they they exist they're probably doing one-third their business we've hired a lot of caregivers from those companies and they just told us and they basically came right out and said they said you know ever since amada got here we're getting killed and I look at that as a badge of honor. And I'm not competitive in the way that 
Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a competitive person, but our business is all about caring for the seniors. And if they use my company and they're happy, great. If they use somebody else and they're happy, wonderful. You know, that that's what it's all about. But it's funny that uh, every time we get a new hire, I try to spend, maybe, maybe it's only five minutes with them because I am fairly busy. But I try to sit with them and I say to them, I say, we're gonna follow up with you in one month, okay? And we're gonna ask you a couple questions. And I wanna know, is your experience and the culture that you've just experienced at Amada, is it different than where you came from? And I don't care what company they came from, it doesn't matter. Most of them do have experience and they have worked for other agencies. 100% of the time, it is a it is an astounding yes. This place is a much different place. You actually don't talk at me, you talk with me. You motivate me. You, you know, yes, you ask me to pick up shifts, but you will incentivize me to do that. And I love working for, I love wearing my name tag. I love, you know, I love hearing that, right? I was just out with a client for a long-term care reassessment. And, uh, you know, I the client's been with us for a year or longer. And uh, my caregiver's there and I walk in and she gives me a big hug and I go, oh, I love your name tag. She's like, I wear it proudly every day. It's got, you know, it's got her picture on with Amada and, she was, a, whenever one of our employees wins caregiver of the month, we put a, a designation on their on their badge so their uh, clients can see that. And so, you know, that's what it's all about. But man, if you think that you can go into this business and just sit behind a computer or just be out talking to referral sources and you're not investing in your people, you're, you're not going to make it. So that coming from nine years of experience now, I can't believe, wait, nine, is it nine or eight? Well, we actually opened our doors at the end of 2014. So for marketing purposes, I, I'm not lying. We, we are in our ninth year. Ninth year. 14, so, 15, so. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 23. That is just unbelievable. So with with it being in your ninth year, what do you feel the business is going, what's going to be the next 10 years of home care? There's a lot of baby boomers that are coming. In fact, I, I think I talked to you about this. My my mom broke her hip and it, it, was, a, it was a wake up call. She's 77 and it was pretty minor. She's actually like 100% better. She's gardening already, but it was surprising, right? And so we have these 70 year olds and even 80 year olds now that are, that are getting older. And, but I know that the business has probably changed in the last in the next in the last nine years to now. So, Kevin, what do you see is the future of home care in these next ten years? Uh, that's a great question, and uh, I think any business owner, if you can't forecast six months to a year out, you're probably behind the eight ball. So, we've made some fundamental changes in Nashville that have been proven to be beneficial. And what do I mean by that? I used to invest in human capital for roles like going out and talking to referral sources, signing up clients, you know, lead generation, right? I would hire employees and I had amazing men and women that worked for me over the years, right? And I had a lot of longevity. One guy was with me for three plus years. and But ever since COVID, Okay, and this is one of the downstream effects of COVID. Access to our referral sources is becoming 
less and less. And it's not that they don't want to see you. It's not that they don't like the small talk and, oh, thanks for the donuts. And, you know, of course, you can still do that. And I do. But we've shifted away from investing in human capital to investing in a very comprehensive media, social media, artificial intelligence type of platforms where we get the name Amada out on, you know, Instagram and Facebook. And it is, uh, it is really starting to take shape. So, you know, as a business owner, I said, okay, rather than paying the salaries of those employees where they can get out and talk to, let's say 20 people a day, I can invest that same capital and, uh, you know, get people to see the Amada ads on social media and they can reach 800,000 people, um, you know, for the same dollarized amount. And that's where I think the industry is going. I, I think there is a trend that the pharmaceutical industry had. When I was in pharma, it was the height and the heyday of the drug rep. I mean, there were 8 billion drug reps running around. Now there's hardly any. Okay, and the business has changed, right? Doctors can order samples online. They don't need the reps to come in and slow them down. And, you know, I, the, I think the same thing can be said for, for senior care. And I, I think that we have to really figure out how we reinvent, okay? Because, you know, what worked five years ago, oftentimes in business, doesn't work today. And that's in any business sector. So you have to be able to adapt. Are we doing the right thing in Nashville? Well, I, you know, we'll wait and see. But right now, the early the early indicators are things are trending good. So you know, it's it, it's going to be that way. But here's the deal: the demand is going to continue, continue to be uh, absorbent. You know, so you know, we all know ten thousand people a day are turning sixty five, and the data says seventy five percent of them at one point in their life are going to need the services of a modest senior care. So we have to be intelligent in how we're approaching that huge demand. And again, can we build a culture where we can have a supply? And that, that's, the, that's the challenge. It's a fun challenge, but that's what we think about. You know, that's what keeps you up at night. I love it. That's what we're seeing nationwide. The digital side of the business, which was not a focus, as you said, four years, three years ago has become a much bigger focus and we're conducting a lot more business online than we ever have. It's been really, really interesting. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us for this time, for sharing your experience about Amada Senior Care. We're so thankful to have you as a franchise partner uh, of Amada Senior Care. Obviously, please also extend that to uh, Kelly. Uh, we'll have to have her on the next podcast. Sure, sure. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of We Are Amada. If you'd like to learn more about Amada Senior Care, go to amadaseniorcare.com slash franchise. Or you can also go to your email and search for Amada. You'll probably have an email from us with a phone number to call to learn more about Amada and go through your discovery process. Kevin, we can't thank you enough for being with us. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, buddy. Have a great day.